All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tired as a Mother, the podcast. I am here with my mommy friends. This is your host, Isha, and I am excited to um, go ahead and get started with another episode. Today's episode title is How Did I Get Here? What that title means to me is how in the world did I get to a place where I am parenting and trying not to repeat those traumas that I dealt with in my childhood, the traumas that I have experienced in adulthood, um, and how to prepare my, my child, you know, how we prepare our children to move past those traumas, um, not necessarily move past the traumas, but how do we protect our children from those traumas and breaking those generational cycles um, that we dealt with when we had traumas and things going on in our childhood. Um, so just to kind of open up today's episode, um, I was sexually assaulted as a kid. Um, it's not a thing that I speak freely about. I want to say that might be the first time. This is the first time that I have put this out there on a public platform in a public space. And the reason why I can speak freely about that is because I have, I've dealt with the trauma. Um, I faced it head on. Um, I thank God for therapy. So for those who think therapy might not be for you, I say, go for it, try it. But anyway, dealing with that trauma as a child, um, it has really affected me as a parent because as parents, we should definitely watch who we bring our children around. We should watch who they're in the presence of. Um, But most importantly, it has affected me because I have been terrified about leaving my child with different people. Um, I also feel like because of that trauma, I kind of stifle my child a little bit with being who she truly is, um, being so free spirited, being so loving. She's a hugger. You know, she's super affectionate, but um, I kind of feel like I have struggled really bad with that. Um, I kind of feel like I want her to be more reserved when it comes to the affection because sometimes that affection can be taken the wrong way. Um, I do see a couple of comments already. Um, Alex, she said, yes, listen to your babies. Um, it is super important for us to listen to our children because we, there are things that we, we don't know. We don't see, we don't realize what's really going on. Um, and so when they come to you and they speak to you, it is important that we listen. Um, Yolanda also says to be careful who you leave your child with including family and that's absolutely right because it can be your family um that creates those traumas and 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 does those things um but when i was younger uh, and boys are absolutely violated you you're absolutely right because sexual assault does not go one way um it 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 doesn't matter who you are um When I was growing up, I never really felt safe enough to, this is tough. (laughs) I never felt 
safe enough and comfortable enough to really speak freely about what happened to me. Um, so just think it was what a couple years ago, maybe three years ago that I finally, you know, was in therapy and talking through these things that I just couldn't understand why I acted the way that I acted when it come to certain, came to certain things, why I was so antsy when it came to certain people, why I felt like, and this is just to be honest, in a sense, why sometimes in relationships, I kind of felt like I had to lead with sex. I had to lead with affection. I had to lead with these things. Um, and so I did not have a safe place to really fully express how I felt, what I was dealing with, to be okay in my adulthood. Um, and that's why I say to tie that into the generational cycles, I feel like it's important for us to recognize those cycles and those generational curses, as people say, um, to make sure that our children have a safe place to go to, to address these traumas before they become issues later on down the road. Um, does anyone else have not necessarily childhood traumas, but any type of trauma that you feel like could be passed on to your child in a sense how you were raised, how you were brought up, because even trauma doesn't have to be a physical trauma. It can be an emotional trauma. It can be um, a mental trauma, a verbal trauma, um, any feedback in regards to trauma and how you feel like um, that can be passed on indirectly to your children. We have any takers tonight? Right. Simone says that absolutely her dad was something else. So Simone, when you say that your dad was something else, um, are there certain things that you dealt with in your household where you feel like it is number one, something that did create a trauma or number two, is that something that you feel like you kind of carry over into your household? Um, so very mean, verbally abusive and, and physically. So I absolutely know for a fact that that is not how your household is because I know you personally. Um, but do you feel like that has affected in a good way how you parent um, now with your children? And I guess what I mean by that is, um, does it, does it make you pay more attention to how you react to your children? And while she's answering that, um, Katie said that she has a very different trauma. So she's a mama without a mama here on earth. Um, it's tough being someone's mom when all you want is your mommy too, girl. Absolutely. Um, I can't relate to that. I say absolutely because I can imagine how tough that is. 
um, I, I really couldn't imagine. And I'm sorry um, that you don't have your mom, but you do have a village now. You absolutely have a village now. Um, so Cherie says physical trauma. She was whooped for everything. And now I try as a parent not to whoop as much. And I can definitely relate to that um, on my end. Um, I do not whoop my child. <laughs> um, she does get punished. Um, she does get popped every once in a while. Every nab, every blue moon, we have to do some, some reinforcement. Um, but I handle it differently than how it was handled when I was younger. Um, I try not to react and I try not to do things in anger. Um, I try to catch my breath. Now I, I talk to my junk and I does my thing, but I try not to react and, and move in anger. Um, so Kanisha says being yelled at when it came to being disciplined uh, and I've, I, I watched something a couple days ago that we'll kind of dress on, but I want to finish reading the comment. So being yelled at when it came to being disciplined. So breaking that cycle of raising my voice and explaining why they are in trouble. And that's super important. So I was watching, um, it was a video on Facebook actually, where this guy said, how do you expect your children to get a good night's sleep when you're yelling at them before bed? And how do you expect for them to go to school and have a good day at school when you're yelling at them before school. And it really kind of resonated with me because I feel like he's absolutely right. Like, how do we expect our children to fully rest at night? Like, just think about us as adults, right? As adults, we can't fully go to sleep and rest when our mind is constantly going, constantly going. So just think about a child who's yelled at before they go to bed and not being able to fully rest. And same thing with school. You know, how do you expect your child to focus at school the way that they should when they're constantly being yelled at before school? <clears throat> so scrolling up a little bit, um, you guys are doing really good with these comments. Simone says, yes, I'm big on apologies to children. And I ask my kids how they feel about what happened. I try. Oh, I'm sorry. I think about my dad throwing my brothers in the walls and all kinds of stuff. When I get mad at my kids, just thinking about that makes me cry because I wonder how could you do that to a little kid? Very true. Um, very true. Um, I've seen some, some pretty tough things, um, for those who know kind of my personal story when it comes to my nieces who are also my children. Um, some of the things that I've seen them that they've gone through, you kind of think how, you know, how, how can you, I told y'all this episode is going to be a little emotional. Like this one's a tough one. <laughs> this is a tough one because it does bring up a lot of things, but that's why it's important for us to talk about these traumas and talk about the things that we went through as children and how we, or some of the things, even if we didn't go through it, but some of the things that we've seen, um, and how we stop that from happening. Um, 
Iris says, having parents <clears throat> um, that was on drugs, I always said to myself, I would never put my child through that ever. Mental trauma and emotional trauma. I did not have parents that were on drugs, but again, I have witnessed it um, in my personal life. <clears throat> I've seen it firsthand. I see how it affects the children. I see how it affects how it affects the relationship between a parent and a child. Um, and it's tough. I wish I couldn't imagine um, having parents, you know, that were on drugs. And this is not, you know, me trying to be funny or whatever the case may be. But, you know, just thinking about and just kind of placing myself in your shoes and how you felt as a child, um, not really having what you needed as a as a kid with parents who were involved in, in dealing with drugs. Um, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to get these comments down. They're they're rolling in, y'all. Y'all gonna have me in tears before we get off this um this episode tonight. Y'all not gonna do this to me. Um, Alex says, my mom's been gone for two years and it's so hard. You want to just run to her for advice and celebrations, but she's not here. It breaks my heart every time. So Alex, I, I have my mom, but I don't have my grandma. And a lot of people, um, who know me, my mom's mom, she, that was my girl. Um, right before she died, we spent a lot of time together And here in this season in my life. Now my grandma's been gone 15 years. But here in this season in my life, I feel like I've definitely wanted her here more than I've wanted her since she passed away. Um, you guys are get oh getting me with I when I think about the relationship that me and my mom have, we do not have the perfect relationship, but I honestly could not imagine her not being here. Um, so I am sending you love, all the love, um, because I know that not having your mother, I mean, dads are cool. They're important, but when it comes to your mom and relating to you, which like is this group, you know, we're tired as a mother, all of us are, but, and that's how we can definitely connect and relate, but just not having your mom here to be there for you for those celebrations, be there for you. Um, for the advice, I just, I couldn't, my heart breaks for you, Alex and Katie and, and anyone else who's lost a mother. Um, <clears throat> so this is, I know this is going to be a deep one before I even read it. Um, so Yolanda, I'm going to go ahead and share. Um, she said that her childhood trauma was when she was 10 years old. Um, she was developing in her body and a male family member started to touch her inappropriately. I can definitely relate. Um, after the third offense, I told my mom, she discussed it with that family member and I was never taken in that environment after that around that particular male. For this reason, I don't trust people with my boys. It's hard for me to let Jaden have playdates at someone's home because I don't trust people. Listen to your kids. Believe them when they express their feelings. And again, this is what I touched on earlier um, in the episode, Yolanda, is because that has happened to me, it makes it really hard for me to trust people around my daughter. And because, again, she's a child, 
she doesn't quite understand what's what in this world. And we can't be with them 24-7. But because she has that very loving, free spirit nature about her, I worry a lot about my baby. I do. I worry a lot about her. Um, Cherie says, at the age of six, I was sexually assaulted. And now that I am a mother, I never allow my children to go anywhere unless I trust you wholeheartedly. It's kind of like as a parent, you, you don't really trust people in general. However, when you are dealing with a trauma such as sexual assault, or even let's not even say sexual assault, let's just say. You're dealing with a trauma of being hit or you're dealing with a trauma of someone kidnapping you or taking you somewhere you didn't want to go. You are very in tune and like really zoned in on your kids because you know that it happened to you. It can definitely happen again to someone else. And not to even think that this could really you don't want this to happen to your children, but it's it's possible. It is absolutely possible that it can happen to your children. Um, Cherie also says, I was raised in a home with my great grandparents and my grandfather was an alcoholic and he sometimes tried to become physically abusive, but my grandmother didn't play that. <laughs> but seeing that as a child, it is traumatizing. I didn't laugh at that randomly it literally said laugh out loud so I was just following directions um but no (laughs) so but seeing that as a child it was traumatizing so when people ask me why I don't drink that is why because I'm afraid to become an alcoholic and a, a lot of people don't realize that um alcoholism drug abuse it's not necessarily hereditary but it is definitely one of those generational cycles um when we see one family member doing it and it becoming a habit A lot of the times we can so easily fall into that as well because it's what we saw for so long. It's what we're used to. We feel like it is a a way of life. Um, I always felt that when people are shown a certain way of living, let's just say, I'm trying to be very careful on how I say this next part, but Um, I have seen that there is a mother out there who might be an alcoholic, not taking care of their children, having other people raise them. You know what I'm saying? And it seems so easy, like without at the risk of being judged. Sometimes I have thought, well, dang, if it's that easy, let me try it. Not saying that I would ever leave my child, not saying that I would ever not want to parent her, but you see all these other people doing it. Why not? But that's what where we kind of have to, again, break those generational cycles. I, I've mentioned this to you guys before. I don't necessarily like the word curses, but um, we break those cycles. And Cherie, that is definitely a way of you breaking that generational cycle, that generational curse. Um, I've seen alcoholism in my family as well. I have seen 
drug abuse in my family as well. Um, and every day we have to make a choice on whether or not that's going to become our life or not. Um, so Yolanda also says, it's a lot of times I need a break, but I can't. I can't leave my child with people and I'm not there. I just deal with being tired and mentally drained. And I can relate to that. It was up until recently that I really started asking for help. Um, even though I had an ex who, I mean, when it came down to helping me parent Summer, he, he was on the money. Now, terrible, terrible partner in a relationship. But when it came down to parenting and helping parent my child, he was, he was decent. I, I have to give it to him. He was decent. Um, but I also struggled with leaving summer with him. I struggled with um, asking him for help when it came to picking her up and doing this and doing that. Um, so Yolanda, I can definitely relate when you say that no matter how hard it gets and no matter how much you need a break, it is not easy to ask people for that help because it's hard to trust them. Um, Sheree also says I have also been someone that has caused physical, verbal, and emotional trauma for others. And I have asked God to forgive me when we take accountability for our actions, we, you feel so much better. And that's very true. Um, and that kind of goes on the episode that we talked about last week and that forgiveness. Um, you know, we kind of think about all the times that we were wronged and we don't think about how we've wronged others. Um, and that's kind of a side of the topic that we, we didn't really touch on. Um, but we will touch on it soon because we are going to talk about, um, our children in their, in their, in their feelings. Um, y'all, I'm struggling on this floor. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, most kids by the age of six have experienced some type of trauma that affects them emotionally, sexually, educational, or in relationships and friendships. If they don't have a safe place to open up, it will manifest later in life and will leave a parent wondering where did they go wrong and blame themselves. And I, I feel like she's stepping on my toes, <laughs> but I definitely can relate to that. I can relate to that because I know that my daughter has, especially some emotional and mental traumas um, in the seven years that she's been alive. And this is again, me speaking candidly again. Um, in the seven years that she's been alive, we've been through a lot, a lot of things that were beyond my control and some of the things that were in my control. So it kind of brings us back to the, how do we stop? How do we stop the trauma? How do we break the cycle? Because back then we didn't have therapy options. We might have had therapy options, but if you think about when we were younger, um, somebody going to therapy, you know, like it was either something really, really wrong with them or they were considered to be crazy. And I hate to say that, but that's just the thought processes that we had. But now there's so many resources. Now, um, my child is definitely in therapy. I have nothing, not ashamed of that. I'm not embarrassed by that. I recognize that there was a problem and 
I stood up and took a stand for my child because I do not want her to be like me later on down the road. And what I mean by that is dealing with these traumas that she really needed help healing from. I don't want to hinder her from that. Um, so Simone says, I'm not sure what this comment is, so I hope it don't make me cry. I saw my name in there somewhere. <laughs> I remember before I left Creedmoor back in, whoops, sorry, back to Cali, I had so much going on at home and things had boiled over. And when I walked to the bus stop, I passed Alicia as she was coming out of her house and she said good morning to me and just looked at my face and knew something was wrong and that I needed someone. Stop it. Thank you. I think that was one of the last times I ever saw you and we left two days later and left my dad there. Well, number one, you are welcome. Number two, I don't think that I remember that. However, it feels good to know that I assisted in in something. <laughs> Um, I do know what happened in Simone's house. I, I do know that there were some, some things that were going on. Um, for those who don't know, Simone does live in California. Um, she was probably like one of my only friends in the neighborhood. Her brother, Larry, and my brother were very close. Um, and Simone and I got close. And then there were the two other brothers I don't remember their names I'm so sorry but I do know that there were things that were going on in the household and there are probably things that were going on in my household that she and Cherie probably knew about um Cherie has been in the house <laughs> when all hell broke loose um and we kind of joke about that now but you know it, it's 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 there so Simone you're absolutely welcome um it feels good to know even all these years later that I made an impact in your life, um, a positive one at that, and that you remember that <laughs> all these years later. Um, so you're welcome. And you know, you've always been very special to me. Um, I'm not going to cry. Y'all not going to do this to me tonight. We're not doing this. We not. I love you, girl. <laughs> so Cherie says, recognize the problem. Take up accountability for your mental health. Go to God or whoever you pray to and get help. And I say this a lot when I make my videos um, that we have to, number one, take care of ourselves. The only way that we can be of service of anything to anyone else is if we take care of ourselves first. So what that means is, like Cherie says, number one, we got to recognize the problem. Figure out what the problem is, pinpoint it. If you have to write it down, if you have to find someone else that sometimes for me, I have to say it out loud for it to make sense. Um, I was telling my coworkers earlier today that I was talking to someone else the night before about my past relationship. And when I was literally saying it out loud, I was like, girl, you had no business 
being in that relationship. So sometimes we have to say it out loud. For me, writing it down doesn't always help. I have to literally, as they say, make it make sense. Say it out loud. If it doesn't make sense, then nine times out of 10, a problem lies um, in that. And also Cherie says to take accountability for your mental health. We do have to take accountability for our mental health because if our mental is not good, we keep adding layers and layers and layers and layers until it finally explodes. And then what? You know, um, so we have to go to God or whoever it is that you pray to. I'm gonna go to God. I don't know about y'all, but it's God for me. And ask him to really pull us out of these situations, What is which is what I've had to do recently. I had to really ask God to help me stop loving someone. <laughs> help me not necessarily stop loving someone. So I, I, I should have said that the wrong way. But to really remove these strong feelings and this stronghold that I have for a certain situation in order for us to re in order for me to really fully move past it. Um, and the last part of that comment, again, get help. Therapy is available. If you need a therapist, I can point you in the right direction. Um, it's available. Use it. They take, excuse me, insurances, whatever it is. There's even free I'm so sorry, guys. There's even free therapy out there somewhere. If you work full time and you have insurance, even if I don't think you even have to be on the insurance, a lot of the jobs provide what they call EAPs, employee assistant programs. They give you a certain amount of sessions for free, you know, so get the help that you need because in order for us to be the best version of ourselves and be the best version and the best parent for our kids, we have to get the help for ourselves. And, and that's just literally, yeah, Kanisha, therapy was one of the best things that I did. Now, my therapist is a tad bit expensive right now. I'm on a one back down to a one income household. So <laughs> I am... I'm, I'm getting there, but I do recognize and understand that there did recognize and understand that there was a problem that I needed to address so I can effectively parent the way that I need to. Um, so Tiffany Huzar says, for me, being adopted as a baby, I knew what a broken home was. So as a parent, I don't want, or I'm sorry. So as a parent, I don't have a view of a perfect home. All I know is what I don't want. Sometimes not having a perfect family is about setting boundaries. Remember, you can't let the family you came from destroy the family you're creating. Amen. I think that that was one of the best things that I've heard all day. You cannot allow what you came from, whether it's family, friendships, relationships, whatever. But most importantly, you cannot let the family you came from destroy the family that you are creating. And I want that to really resonate with you guys um, because I fought so hard to stay in relationships 
especially after I had my daughter, because I felt like I needed to provide her with a two parent household at all times. Despite the relationship that my parents had, I said, I am going to fight for this two parent household. Two parent household, no matter what it was. Um, and I think that that was one of the biggest mistakes that I could have, I, I could have done. Um, girl, Tiffany, told me up with that one. I'm telling y'all, y'all not going to get me today. Not going to do it. Um, whew. Katie, my eyes is a little sweaty too, girl. Um, listen, I love y'all. I do. I really do. Um, So my God, mom peaced out on us, but I just wanted to read this um, quote because I really do that it, it, it's important. Um, number one, to point out the positive things that are said about this platform, not because it's my platform, but because everything that I am doing, it's not for me, it's for us. Um, and I feel like these positive notes and comments is what's going to keep us going. So um, my God, mom, Juanita Cook says, as she loves the platform, mom supporting each other in their healing process, healing um, for mothers will lead will definitely lead to healing for the child or healing for the mother will definitely lead to healing for the child. Breaking that generational curse. Y'all are doing an awesome job. Good night. Thank you so much, G Mama. I appreciate that. Um, so Iris said, I love therapy. I never knew I needed it until I started having sessions once a week. Girlfriend, who you telling? Um, I told my therapist when I first started with her years ago, well, not years ago, maybe about three years ago, maybe now, almost three years. Um, I told her, I don't know why I'm talking to you. I don't feel like that. I need therapy. I was told that I should start therapy. And so here we are. Little did I know I needed therapy. <laughs> um, and again, it was the best decision decision that I made. And it is very important that we invest in ourselves. Um, I feel like if I can invest in going to a nice restaurant, I can invest in my cheetah, I mean, excuse me, leopard print. If I can invest in buying all the different pairs of vans that I like, if I can invest in going out, whatever the case may be, then I can invest in my mental health. And that's how I had to think about it. And even though, yes, right now I did just say that my therapy sessions are a little bit more expensive. It's not because I don't want to. It's because I literally can't right now. <laughs> um, but still making those sacrifices, something on my wall, making those sacrifices um, to invest in ourselves. Um, Cherie said, find you someone that shares some of the same traumas if you don't feel like you can do it alone and work on it as a team. But again, it's so hard to trust because a lot of people, and I've had this happen to me, a lot of people use our traumas against us. We become vulnerable. We share said traumas and then they get used against us. And that's what I had to struggle with. Um, and one, one thing that I learned was 
You can't go to everybody about everything. Okay? Remember that. You cannot go to everyone about everything. Okay? If y'all learn nothing else, learn that from me. I, that's all I'm going to say about it. That's all I have to say about it. Because I know that you guys understand it and you know what that means. Um, uh, so to kind of fast forward, Yolanda, thank you so much for bringing us, you know, kind of current day, um, fast forward to adulthood due to being in toxic relationships. I have caused trauma for, for more kids at times by arguing in their presence. Boom. I have talked to my boys about their childhood memories and I asked them to just forgive me for putting them in the midst of trauma because I was broken. I don't really think there's nothing else to be said about that. (laughs) There's really nothing else to say about that, but really what it is. In our brokenness, we seem to create more trauma for our children than we do trying to protect them from trauma. Which also goes back to the generational cycles. Breaking those generational cycles because of what we saw growing up and how we indirectly do that to our children now us growing up you know our parents might have yelled at us were physical with us but what about the the things that our children see us do you know like what if in us trying to protect our children from traumas by not yelling at them or, you know, punishing them, um, being physical with them. How about the times that they witnessed us yelling at someone else or being physical with someone else? That is still a trauma. And again, in my (laughs) most recent relationship, I thank God for my child because there, there's been a couple of times where mommy might not have been on the other side of the bars on the freedom side. Um, and I only say that because it really took my child crying and her crying out to me and calling my name to really bring me to a point of, you know what? I can't do this, which then helped me get out of that toxic situation. I will continue to be single for the rest of my life. As long as my child is raised in a peaceful household. I will not have a single friend in this world. If that means my child does not see me continue to go through and have toxic friendships. Now, I do have quite a few friends that, um, that provide that peace for me and provide that safe place for me. Um, but I'm, I'm making a point that again, like Yolanda just said, peace is priceless. 
I will be by myself, do this by myself for the rest of my life. If that means that my child will go through living in a peaceful environment. I can't do it to her anymore. I can't do it to myself anymore, but I can't do that to my child anymore. Um, I'm still scrolling through the comments. Girl. Okay. Thank you. So Tiffany says, I have also resonated in my spirit here recently. Stop judging people and how they parent, which is one of the things that I kind of base this, uh, this podcast of not base it off of, but one of the things that I constantly say on a regular, we all parent differently. My parenting is not going to look like your parenting. Cherie's parenting is not going to look like Simone's parenting. Tiffany's parenting is not going to look like Katie's parenting. And that's completely fine. But we all have to respect each other and understand that the end goal is that we all want what's best for our children. Our children. (laughs) Somebody else's children too. But we cannot... So it's kind of like that that sweatshirt I had on, or the shirt that I had on the other day. Mind your own motherhood. Okay? We have to understand and realize that everyone's parenting is different. But that does not make that parent a bad parent. Because if people saw how not quite as affectionate as I I'm I'm not an, an affectionate parent. Like I'm not super come here girl, I love you. Oh my gosh. And and she knows that. Um I'm gonna stop right here. KD KD, that is a whole nother topic, a whole nother episode. So please, please, okay, hold on to that. I had to read it again to make sure. We are going to have another episode (laughs) called, That's Just My Baby Daddy, okay? I know that's funny. I try to keep these fun and light, Um, but it will be all about co-parenting, So please hold that thought. We will touch on that very soon. Okay. Um, but yes, all everyone's parenting style looks completely different. Um, Tiffany also says my new thing is my new thing I say is I don't know too much about the situation to have an opinion on it. And that's exactly right. Um, because what we see is the surface. We don't see what the inside looks like. Um, I'm kind of rolling through these. I'm so sorry, y'all, to kind of go fast, but these are all really good. Um, So Cherie agreed with something that Ira said when her therapist asked her to write her obituary from her oldest child's eyes. She immediately burst into tears. And it was at that moment I realized my grandmother's death never sat well with me. Dang, Ree, that's tough. Oh, I don't think I could have did that one. I probably would have been a bucket of uh water at that point um simone says mine is fight mine is to fight back no matter what i thought i was showing them stick up for your or stick up for yourself no matter who it is but when my oldest told me i embarrassed him i felt so low and how he thought he thought me not every offense do I need to fight back with he you're absolutely right every action does not require a reaction I'm so full of these quotes y'all every action does not require a reaction 
And so it, it's crazy how our children teach us those, those lessons as well. Um, and I know that in, in some of those moments where I was, you know, being toxic myself and involving and arguing with my ex and, um, and dealing with that, I know that my child had a level of embarrassment, um, with me too. I, I don't think she was proud to call me her mama in those moments. And I can literally admit to that. I'm sure she was not proud of me. Um, so Yolanda also says, we often learn how to be a parent from what we learned as a child, which is true. And that comes back to those generational cycles. Each home is different. No one is right or wrong. I'm sure, oops, I'm sure we all think about how we can do better. And that's very true. Um, there are some times where I feel that I might not have handled a situation the best way. Um, I feel like it's it and it's after the moment. It's kind of like one of those things like, dang, I wish I would have said this, you know, but in a sense of dang, you know, maybe I could have said that a little bit differently to her, or maybe I could have been a little bit more softer because I do tend to be a little bit rougher around the edges. Um, and my child is so sensitive and it's nothing wrong with that. Um, she's very sensitive and she doesn't always receive what I say by the way that I say it. Um, so yeah, that I'm always constantly thinking, how can I do that better? How can I handle a situation better. So Cherie says, it's one thing to try and help or suggest other ways to handle a situation versus coming for me. I don't mind putting you in your place when it comes to how I handle my, no reaction is a reaction. This is also Cherie. And that's the one you might want. Exactly. Sometimes no reaction for me is the best reaction that you can get. Um, so Cherie, trying to, to touch on the first comment that you made, um, and also something that Tiffany, um, who's our mentioned as well. Um, there is another episode, um, called who asked you. Um, and it is basically dealing with unsolicited advice, unsolicited help, suggestions, recommendations, and how we move past those negative connotations that are put on our parenting styles. Um, and how we handle our children. So stay tuned for that as well. Um, I love how you guys take one episode and bring in all of my other episode titles. So that really just shows me that we all are connected in a lot of ways. We all think about some of the same exact things. And this is why we have this platform. Um, y'all are... Y'all the bomb. That's all I can say. Y'all are just great. Um, so I'm just going to put a question out there. Moving forward or moving past our our childhood, how do we in become more intentional with our children? And how do we seriously break those generational curses or cycles? How do we do that? What does that look like? 
to you guys. For me, I would say, again, just being more intentional with my daughter, being more present, being an active listener, being available, spending that time with her, um, listening to how she's feeling, being in tune with her. Um, and again, I've already broken a generational cycle because I've seeked therapy for my daughter. I have taken the step to see what it is that I can do to, to make things better for her. Um, so Cherie says prayer, remembering how I felt when I was their age. And that is very true. Kind of putting ourselves in their shoes. Um, technically putting them in our shoes in a sense, because we are thinking about how we grew up, how it affected us and how we, how we don't want to put that on our children. That's absolutely right, Sheree. Um, I do want to say that I have been very, very, um, intentional with praying with my daughter. Um, in the mornings before she gets on that bus, I'm telling you, I'm struggling with this school bus situation. <laughs> I really am. Um, but seeing how comfortable she is now getting on the school bus, um, it makes it a lot better for me, but trust me, she is covered in the name of Jesus before she gets out of that car. Okay. Um, what else, how are we other than prayer and kind of putting, them in our shoes when we were growing up how are we breaking those generational cycles i know i kind of said a lot of them myself um but most importantly just being intentional um yolanda says if you have an open conversation with your kids and listen to their feelings about the home environment you will have things to work on and break cycles. You have to be a listener versus a t versus talking to understand. And that is true. That's in any type of conversation that you have. You cannot actively be listening if you are talking. I had to learn that myself. You're not getting anywhere if you're constantly just going. You're not listening. It's not how a conversation works. I'm trying my best, Yolanda, um, to be more open with these conversations. <laughs> I know that you said, I think it was you that said it, that you, or maybe it was Asha, um, but that had said that you, you know, do you just have that open space for your children to come and talk to you? Um, I'm still trying to prepare my mommy heart for some of the things that might come out of Summer's mouth, but only because she is a lot like me in that sense. Um... She's a lot like me and there's no telling what come will come out of her mouth. Um, I am such a, sp a free spirited person and I am very open with my parents now, especially my mom. Um, I still am a daddy's girl, so it's not always as easy to be open with my dad about certain things. But sometimes I, I know my mom wishes that I just would keep some things to myself. <laughs> so I'm trying to incorporate that with my daughter as well because it is important. You tell Jaden to stay open. It's nothing wrong with that. Speak your truth, Jaden. Anyone else? 
How are we breaking those generational curses and those cycles? And how are we protecting our children from those traumas without putting our traumas on our children? Does that make sense? How can we protect our children from certain traumas without putting our traumas on our children? Anybody? I think for me, I am protecting my daughter from those traumas that I kind of went through and dealt with um, by number one, putting her in my shoes from from back in the day. Um, Just kind of realizing what I went through, how it made me feel, and what I don't want her to necessarily feel. So again, just being more intentional with her. Um, also just being cautious about her surroundings, who she's with, who she's talking to, who she's dealing with. Let me tell you, my baby has a cell phone now and I, I hate it. I hate it. Um, it doesn't have service on it, but it does run by Wi-Fi. She does have FaceTime and text message capability and it drives me insane. And so, you know, we also have to be careful with the internet in our children as well. Um, even kids, YouTube ain't that, that kid friendly. So, um, so Yolanda says her 20 year old is open as well. I have to listen. Um, I have to listen without being defensive because it is, it is his experience and that's true. All right, Alex, it's good seeing you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, and we can't wait to have you next week. Um, but yes, uh, Simone agrees. Listening without being defensive is very hard. It is hard. Um, and again, that's another episode. It's how I can't think of the episode title, but basically, um, oh, I have feels too. And it's, and it's coming from a child standpoint, um, our children's standpoint about having feelings and how we need to recognize their feelings without being defensive and without making them feel bad about having their feelings. Because we do not just with us and for us, we want them to be open about their feelings in general. Be very open and direct about your feelings. Yolanda, it is hard to hear, um, but it does help with that healing process. Sometimes we need to get told about ourselves. And if that means that our child has to tell us about ourselves, then so be it. Then so be it. Um, anyone else? I don't want to overlook anyone. This topic has been very, very heavy. And I had a feeling it was going to be heavy. That's why I have this low light in here. Um, you know, up close and personal with you guys. Um... I knew that this was going to hit hard. I, I actually, I kind of feel like I felt it in my spirit today um, when I was thinking about the topic and the traumas that I experienced. I did express in the beginning of the episode about the trauma that I went through specifically and how it affects me now as a parent. Um, but there are thousands of traumas that we've all gone through. So we can definitely keep this conversation going outside of this episode, continue to talk to each other, be a support system for each other. Um, 
because again, it doesn't just stop here. You know, it's more than just the podcast. We are, we're a community at this point. Um, so I do thank everybody for joining me on the episode today. Um, we are dropping episodes weekly. I have decided to do live podcast recordings. Um, so every single podcast is going to be a Facebook live. Um, I enjoy talking to you guys. We are still going to have special guests. We're going to still have people, you know, join me on the live. I'm going to have people join me on the futon here in the office. Um, also please get the word of the podcast out. I'm going to drop the link every single day on the social media. We are, um, this is just the beginning. We have the events going on. Do not forget to join us on Facebook live every Wednesday for the weekly mommy wind downs. Um, we do special giveaways. We talk, drink wine or your favorite drink of choice. Um, but I do appreciate everyone joining us today and listening. Um, I am your host Isha. This is the tired as a mother podcast, and we will see you next time.